Let's go to wellness and the focus is on workplace family. Does it exist? We're joined by Joni Petty, a behavioral strategist, uh, entrepreneur for the last 27 years and also the CEO of Resilient People. Welcome to the show, Joni. Morning. Wow. I mean, there's just so much that I want to ask about workplace family. Let's just be clear. Workplace family is not about where you have family that work at your workplace. This is something completely different. Can you care to explain to us? Yes, you're completely correct. So it's really where two things. Companies can brand themselves as a family, saying this place is great to work when you work with us, it's uh, like being at uh, at home with your family. So it's your colleagues are like your siblings. So it's uh, where people can, a company can brand themselves as a family or where that just happens organically, where people so enjoy working for that organization that uh, it does become family-like in a way. So, you know, there are two ways we could take the discussion, I suppose, in, in both directions. So... Should work be like a family or not? I, I honestly have seen in my 27 years of consulting that where workplace is family-like, but it's organically become that way, where people just so enjoy, you know, being with each other. They also can share, you know, deeper issues. They can really self-reveal. They can be authentic. Then certainly, yes, workplace can be a family. I just think um, it shouldn't be branded as a family and you shouldn't be trying to recruit people saying, you know, our workplace is like a family because that could become quite toxic, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're trying to orchestrate that. But when it happens naturally where people gather together and they really resonate well and they communicate well and they trust and everyone's got each other's backs, then certainly um, those employees seem to be happier and more satisfied and more productive and you know, they enjoy going to work. So it's when it does happen, I have seen it happen, where people have stuck together. I've got one team, actually, that I've worked with in a bank for eight years. And team members have left this particular um, bank team, gone to other banks, actually, gone to other organizations. But they have still kept in contact on this one WhatsApp group. This is eight years later. And, you know, someone has a baby or someone, you know, gets ill, there's, tremendous support there's a lot of love there's a lot of um resources given to that person and that's the family bond that this particular team had eight years ago when we started working together so it can happen and it can continue to happen even when people move out the team which i find fascinating it is fascinating because um we joke around here like you know i work with stephen critis in the morning and i go oh stephen's my work husband or uh, Impor, who's my technical producer, also because <laughs> you know we get to work so closely together in a very confined space, and we yes. get to—is that organic? Because the company also wants to create a culture, so work feels like family. So there's an element yes. element of both. I think you know the fact that you are joking about it, and this is your workplace husband, and you know these are kind of just natural, effervescent conversations then that is fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. And, I mean, of course, you know, the company could say, hey, you know, have a look at the, um, 
into relationships here and people have fun, people enjoy themselves. Um, they could say that in the recruitment process. I just think it would be quite toxic to actually market a business as a workplace family. I know because um, work requires purpose. And, that's true. And, and, and the question I want to ask is, should work be like family? I get that it's organic, but there, there could be the company as well, you know, uh, you know, enforcing, and I, I'm using the wrong word, enforcing, encouraging, I think, you know, you know, we're a team, we're family. But I think there's a line between calling your team a team and calling your team a work family. Yes. I've actually, I had a motor uh, industry team over there, an HR team, and a new HR head joined, director. And she said uh, she was very clear, very dynamic, very strong, challenging woman. And she just said, we will not call this a family. We will call it our workplace family, but not a family. So she was very vociferous about, let's put workplace as, you know, the word before family. Mm. Because, um, yeah, just to make that distinction. And then she also made a very clear distinction as she joined this team. This was the senior team of 12 people. She said, let's also be very aware of our boundaries <laughs> as family members and as the workplace family that um, we're not calling each other, you know, late into the night. We're not calling each other on weekends. Mm. Let's put some boundaries in place. And, you know, I suppose that's also good for real families as well to put boundaries in place. But that can blur, can't it? We, you know, it's my, you know, my workplace family member, my workplace husband, and I phone him at, you know, nine o'clock at night. Mm. Not good if those aren't your working hours. Oh, yes. And uh, like any family, when there's conflict, then you really see true colors. Exactly. (laughs) What was that saying? Familiarity breeds contempt. That's true. That's true. It's a very good saying. But the the workplace conflict is a good uh, good aspect to bring up. Um, And if, if that's not resolved or it's padded over, because, look, this is my workplace husband. I don't want to really bring this up. I don't want to... You know, I don't mm. want to antagonize him or whatever. Then you start to get this superficial transactional relationships where you don't, where you try and avoid conflict. And actually, we did a big study recently. We used the Enneagram and we used the very old model, the forming, storming, norming, and performing. Huh? And many teams, <laughs> you know, that old model, many teams that are working in hybrid now are battling with conflict. They're battling to storm. They're battling to have those courageous conversations because they're not in the office five days a week. And, you know, on Zoom or MS Teams, it's difficult to have that conflict. Um, or there's side chats in the chat box, you know, it's not real face-to-face. Let's really have it out. So this workplace conflict is a very good um, aspect that you bring up. Um, and it's difficult in families, you know, yes. and it's difficult in a workplace. But the flip side can also be true. And I'm just not, there's no research to this. Anecdotally, uh, you can also be uh, like a family where you, you tell it like it is, warts and all, and fear no judgment because you have this the so-called relationship with each other that's perceived as, you know, we're family. So you can speak your mind, you can speak freely. Or is that yes. not the case? I think that is the case. I think when it has built, the cohesiveness in the team has built to that extent and there's psychological safety, then you speak your mind. And that psychological safe space 
where there's trust and you don't feel judged and you don't feel that you will be ostracized if you say something that's offside. Um, that is a really, really great space in a team. And it's all there's a lot of research actually around psychological safety and the need for that and the need for trust and the need for equal kind of, you know, you revere each team member equally. Mm. It doesn't matter what their role is or their standing or, um, you know, who's the boss. There's really um, a great ability to revere people in their true essence. Because that kind of, I don't know what you call it, camaraderie or shared yeah, value, shared, yes, mm. and and that sense of belonging. Because I've, I've also seen it as a spectator. You've watched other dynamics in other teams where they're mm. allowed to speak freely and engage in that kind of, uh, you know, what, what do you call it? I wouldn't say hostile uh, sort of. You know, where they speak freely. Like a robust, yes. a robust conversation. Yeah. That's right, yeah. robust. Yeah. Where they're yeah. allowed to share their, you know, uh, their, their feelings. And then tomorrow, everyone's back to normal again. I love that. Yeah. that and she's, that's your, your point is, is spot on because that's allowing the storming. So if you're allowed to speak freely and you just are really authentically yourself, then teams absolutely go from the storming stage to these are the norms we speak our mind, we don't hold grudges, the next day is the next day, and that leads to very high-performing teams. Mm. It really does. So, you know, if you can encourage those robust, courageous conversations, you're going to take your team to a new level of performance without a shadow of a doubt. But let's be honest, in some families, that can't happen. (laughs) So some families, you know, the hierarchy of the parents or the grandparents or whoever's living in the home Mm. And doesn't allow for that free speaking. Yeah. But um, you know, so it's the same whether it's work or home. Some some pods of people together in a little tribe allow for it, and some don't. Yeah, (laughs) that could easily easily backfire. I've also seen it backfire as well. Yeah. You know, becoming too too tightened. But what happens also when you become too loyal to your work family? You've been given a great opportunity, and you're like, no, but you know, my loyalty is here to this. Mm-hmm. Culture we built. Yeah. You know, and it's that's it, that's that terrible kind of crossroads in life where you go, gee, I've built up all of these relationships and we know, love and trust and respect each other and now I've got this new opportunity, should I jump ship? It's a very hard decision to make. Yeah. I'm often coaching people in that um conundrum and um, you know, it's just it's it's the pros and cons and weighing it up is, is huge. And what we don't want is people sitting in their comfort zone because I know the people around me, it's easier to stay than to mm. go. Your personal growth is definitely inhibited. So if you, um, you, know, if you need to grow and you need to um, spread your wings, then jumping ship is what you need. And back to that banking team, you know, the fact that they have still kept this one WhatsApp group for eight years and still keep in contact. In fact, uh, this weekend one of the elderly guys had left South Africa and was living in Spain hmm. and he died and there were just such beautiful words and memories on the WhatsApp group, you know, he had retired and I just thought, gee, that cohesiveness is still here. You know, I was thinking about this workplace family this weekend hmm. for that reason, you know, he had re- retired and left but there was still that, that true love and true connectedness it was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, Joni, what in your experience from that group do you think makes that group tick, if anything? Well, you know, we did a lot of work initially around 
who am I authentically? So people, we, we did a lot of work with the Enneagram, which is a personality system. So people, we went slow to go fast. So when the group came together, there was a lot of good workshopping around who am I, what do I do best, how do I play to my strengths, um, how do I react, you know, in states of conflict, what derails me, what trips me up. So some real human-to-human what is my state of being like and mm. what do I want to learn? What am I, you know, what am I curious about? What am I thirsty to kind of take my, you know, look, you know, let's go back to learning, to learn about. So there was really good human interaction and that led to, okay, how does this team, you know, where are the roles? What are the responsibilities? Let's do all of those clear guidelines. And that was the springboard to this beautiful cohesiveness. So, Jody, at what point did you come into this group? At the very beginning, the middle? Oh, luckily at the beginning. Uh-huh. Luckily at the beginning. So luckily they called me in because I'm an, a personality specialist using the system called the Enneagram. So that was really at the beginning. And then when they went through dips, they said, okay, Joni, on the resilience side, you know, can you come and share with us it's year-end projects and deliverables and it's crunch time like we are battling with energy, we're working horrendously long hours. Can you help us with, you know, some energy boosters, whether it's food, whether it's movement, whether it's sleep techniques. So, you know, I was lucky enough to go back into the team and do lots of different shorter interventions or longer interventions and then some one-on-one coaching. Hmm. So that, um, which is why they kept me on their WhatsApp group, which I was just, (laughs) I felt so privileged actually. Wow, that sounds like a great uh, case study there, Joni. Where can yeah. we follow you and you know and build greater teams to you know uh, go to great heights? Yeah, thank you. I write on LinkedIn three times a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, all around this topic of um, bouncing forward and human dynamism and teams and how we can really maximize and optimize our personal selves. So LinkedIn, Joni Petty. And uh, resilientpeople.co.za is our website. And do you have any courses coming up that you want to let us know in? Actually, I do. That's a very good point. I've got a a free webinar coming up next Tuesday, the 29th at 12.30. So if uh, anyone would like to email us at info at resilientpeople.co.za, I've got a 45-minute how do you uh, get to the end of 2022, which has been a very turbulent year for many? Oh, thank you so much, Joni Petty, a behavioral strategist and entrepreneur for the last 27 years. Building strong teams doesn't necessarily mean it needs to feel like a work family.